This year has been challenging on so many levels for so many people. But the holidays are coming. It's the most wonderful time of the year, right? Well, we want to help you make sure that that is the case for you and your family. This is the Fathers Who Fight podcast. Welcome to episode 20 of the Fathers Who Fight podcast. Episode 20, the year 2020. Well, anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was profound for a second, but really it wasn't. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We're back with Lloyd and Brighton is back. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. How are things going with the new baby? Really good. My wife's healthy. He's healthy. He's a big boy. He's nine pounds even. He decided he wanted to be born at 11-11 on 11-11 of the year 2020. Oh. So it's kind of fun, kind of exciting, but yeah, everyone's healthy and well. Congratulations. Thank you. Are you sleeping? Actually, yeah. He only wants to get up to eat once in the middle of the night. And sometimes we have to wake him up. So yeah, we're sleeping wow. pretty well considering. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you for joining us once again, fellow listeners. We are fathers banding together to strengthen one another in following Jesus Christ and resisting the enemy of our souls by living eternal warrior principles. And we hope you got a chance this past week to review a lost battle. And um, if you don't know what we're talking about, if this is the first time you've heard the podcast, make sure you go back and listen. But speaking of sleep... Um, (laughs) if you remember (laughs) last week, we did a lost battle with Lloyd, a lost battle analysis, and he made a commitment to, um, get to bed earlier to help with, uh, not getting irritated. And so we wanted to follow up Lloyd and let you be a guinea pig again. And thank you for being (laughs) willing. (laughs) We won't be too harsh on you, I don't think. Well, I won't be. I can't promise Brighton won't. <laughs> well, Tell us how I, this week went for you. I have not met my goal at all yet this week. Um, I came close once. I got to bed at 9.15-ish. Um, I don't remember <laughs> exactly. It might have been 9.13 or 9.17. I don't remember exactly. However, there was a couple of 11 o'clocks and some 9.38s, and <laughs> I am striving, but not meeting my goal. So I have more work to do there. On average, would you say that you did get to bed closer to 9 than you did before you made the commitment? Yes. Yes, That's I am progress. moving forward, but not meeting my goal but progress is progress and we celebrate progress yes we absolutely celebrate progress (laughs) for sure brighton did you have any uh thoughts to uh share since you weren't here last week any any thoughts that you can share with lloyd to maybe help him to meet his goal a little bit more closely than 11-ish or 938-ish? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things I noticed as I was listening to the episode you guys did last week, uh, 
you made a plan. It was a good plan, but you didn't discuss specific drills you can do to practice the plan. As we talked about before with drills in a previous episode, as any excellent athlete, artist, musician knows, when it comes time to perform, if you haven't practiced, stuff gets messy. And so creating ways to drill these things before it's time to perform makes it a lot easier. Uh, and go ahead. That's kind of tricky, right? And how do I practice going to sleep <laughs> without <laughs> taking a nap during the middle of the day? <laughs> so I'm for that. The issue it's the issue isn't going to sleep itself. The issue is being in the physical location at the correct time so that you can go to sleep. Okay. So you don't necessarily have to take a nap, though. I don't. Hopefully, people won't begrudge you if you do. Um, this drill would more be about getting your body in the right place at the right time and preparing yourself. Um, A quick example of a story that someone else has done, and then we can tie this in. A good friend of mine who, she's a mother of five, I think. I don't remember. Um, The number of kids isn't super relevant to the story, but um, in their family, what they choose to do is to have scripture study in the morning at 6.30. And so I, I believe it's 6.30. So she wakes up a little before everyone else, goes around, knocks on doors, invites everyone to come down, read scriptures in the living room, stuff like that. And as you can imagine, with most families that have teenagers, there's a lot of grumbling and griping and some pillows over the heads. And <laughs> not everyone is thrilled to come to the living room. Um, so she took the Eternal Warriors class and she eventually went to become a mentor for the eternal warriors classes. So she understood this concept of drills and she decided to try it with her family. So they did this, I think for a family home evening activity where she gets everyone together. She explains the principle and says, okay, I want you to all go to your bedrooms and lay down in your bed with the blankets on. And I'm going to come by and we're going to pretend that it's 6:25 AM and I'm going to knock on your doors and invite you to come down for scriptures. And so everyone rolled their eyes, but they did it. And so she goes and she lays down her bed. She sets her alarm for just like two, three minutes. And then it goes off. She goes and she knocks everyone's door and invites them to come down to scriptures. So giggling, thinking silly, they grab their scriptures, come to the living room. They sit down. And remember, this is like 5 p.m. And they're pretending that it's 6.30 a.m. She thanks them and has them do it again. And okay. so teenagers aren't going to be thrilled with that. Um, so same process, knocks on the doors, everyone comes down to the living room. And then she thanks them profusely and asks them to do it a third time. You can imagine the kids are getting somewhat fed up at this point. Um, Come on, mom. Exactly. <laughs> Is it time for the treat yet? Anyway, um, <laughs> so she goes through the routine. Sets the alarm. Everyone lays down in bed. Alarm goes off, knocks on the doors. She comes down to the living room and sees that her two youngest are already there. And she asks, what are you doing here? And the two youngest say, we woke up at 530 because they were just (laughs) tired of the drill. Anyway, she thanks everyone for participating. They have the treat and family meetings over. The next morning, she wakes up two minutes before her alarm goes off just pops right out of bed. She goes around, knocks on all the doors, invites her children, goes down to the living room. 
The two youngest are waiting in the living room, looking like miserable zombies. And she asks, what are you doing here? And he said, we woke up at 5.30 and couldn't fall back asleep. (laughs) It's a true story. Drills work. Any physical behavior can be turned into a drill. So with this specific one, where you're trying to drill getting your body in bed at a specific time, you would create an alarm, let's say alarm on your phone, just for example, you pick a specific notification tone or ringtone you don't use for anything else because you're trying to get your body to think, when this tone goes off, I need to be in bed. Or another way you could do it is when this alarm goes off, I start my routine to be in bed. So maybe that's brushing your teeth, saying a prayer, whatever. So you set it to go off at a certain time, let's say 30 minutes after you get home from work or something. Um, so you get home from work, start doing whatever. The alarm goes off. You immediately drop whatever you're doing. You go upstairs and let's say your routine is brush your teeth, say your prayers, get in bed. So you'd go to the bathroom. You'd pick up your toothbrush and you'd pick up the toothpaste. Don't actually have to put the toothpaste on the toothbrush. Don't actually have to brush your teeth. You pick it up as if you're going to. Set it okay. down. You go by the bed. You kneel down in the position that you might pray in. You don't actually have to pray, but it's recommended because the more prayers, the better. Uh, And then you crawl into bed and lay there for 30, 45 seconds. Oh, that might be too much. (laughs) (laughs) I might be out by then. (laughs) So that's just an example where you start to train your brain that. And so you drill before time, but then this alarm also has to go off at your actual bedtime. And so you practice earlier in the day and then you get to the point that eventually your body starts to anticipate the alarm. You know that about this time the alarm's going to go off and your body just by muscle memory gets ready to, you don't start doing, you will not start doing something you know you can't drop in order to get to bed. Okay. Okay. So that's an example. Well, thank you. That will be better. I mean, I'm striving, but that sounds lots better, so. I will do it. Okay. Prepare to have your family members tease you a little bit because it's going to look kind of silly, but it should help. It sounds great. That's fantastic. And actually, that's the kind of quality mentoring you get from Brighton and so many other of our mentors at Life Changing Services. If you are interested in uh, getting extra help in in creating drills for yourself and going through lost battles and, and figuring out where to make changes that you're looking to make. Um, feel free to visit the life changing services website at lifechangingservices.org and go to the training tab and, and click on um, life coaches and mentors. And uh, you'll see Brighton there. You'll see myself there and uh, many other very quality mentors, including the one who, you told the story about Brighton. <laughs> She's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, Brighton, what you just went over or what we went over last week uh, the, with the lost battle analysis is part of what we call the captain's log questions that we ask um, in a, many of our mentoring sessions. And then the there are six questions. And question six is what we wanted to talk about today because, well... I'll, I'll let you exp- explain, Brighton. Well, like you said, there's the six questions in the captain's log. And this is going to be our season finale for a little while. And so it just seemed fitting to 
ends our season with the last question in the captain's log. We've already explored most of the questions in the captain's log at some point in the season. So it just kind of seemed fitting to wrap things up this way. And what is question six? Question six or Q6 is what we call the prophesying question, where you're trying to learn the spiritual gift of prophecy. Um, It sounds kind of odd at first, and then we're reminded that uh, Paul in the New Testament tells us we are supposed to covet spiritual gifts and seek after them and try to learn them. And so this process is, it's not the only way, but it is an excellent way to learn the spiritual gift of prophecy with the intention of being able to predict where, when, and how your next battles will come from. Um, It's especially powerful when you do this in conjunction with a lost battle analysis, like was talked about last week. Um, And there's some crossover, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, But the idea is that if you know when Satan's going to attack, um, I've worked with some guys who they can predict within minutes accurately of when Satan will attack. And so if you knew when he was going to come, uh, using the example that Jesus Christ gave in the New Testament, if the strong man of the house knew when the thief was going to enter, then nothing would get stolen. Exact same thing. If you know when Satan's going to come, you're going to stand there at the front door with a shotgun. And if you know which door he's coming in, you know how he's going to attack and things like that, it, it makes the battle significantly easier. There's still a battle. You still actually have to prepare. You still actually have to do something. But in the spirit of a holiday episode, you can be like the one kid from Home Alone. If you know where the guys are coming, you can booby trap all those parts of the house. <laughs> and then you just sit back, sit back and watch as Satan just runs into all your traps. <laughs> so that's kind of the purpose for the Q6. Um, the... The actual question is, and then I'll walk through a three-step process I like to use to teach it, but the actual actual question is, how might the enemy attack you in the future? And then the follow-up is, what will you do to prepare to win? So I like to use a three-step process. It's what makes sense for me. Not the only way to teach it, but it's what makes sense to me. Uh, step one is to connect with your Father in Heaven, because this is a spiritual gift, so it makes sense. You have to connect with the giver of the gift. Um the, I like to imagine a scenario where I am an officer on the front line to some sort of battle. God is the general up on the hill. He knows a lot more than I do. He sees a lot more than I do. I don't need to know everything he knows, but it would be really nice if I knew where the enemy is coming from because he can see that. And so that's how, when I'm doing my own, that's how I approach my father in heaven is let me some of your wisdom. Let me some of your insight. Help me know where the enemy is coming from, how to prepare, and things of that nature. This this prayer, this communication doesn't have to be very long, just sincere. So that's step one, is connect with your Father in heaven. Step two is to analyze your recent battle history, because Satan loves to use patterns. If it's worked before, he's going to use it again. So you analyze your recent battle history, you do Q5s and stuff like that, looking for patterns looking for common time, common location, and common strategy, which you all identified last week with Lloyd. You're able to identify that there's this common theme of not getting sufficient sleep and that um, domino effects into a whole bunch of other things. So there's a common strategy. Common time is he's getting to stay up way too late and you can continue to fine-tune that, trying to identify 
um, roughly what time of day Satan throws that attack in. Oh, you need to get this important thing done. And it's something that has to be done right now. And it's so big, you have to do the whole thing. You can't stop partway through. And so you can try and find common time, common location, common strategy. And then um, once you begin to recognize those patterns, you move on to step three, which step three is to identify upcoming vulnerabilities in the next few hours or days. Um, and with the, within the context of the holidays, um, particularly some of the stress, we can take uh, a week from when this episode drops is Thanksgiving. And so a week in advance is not too early to start preparing for some of the stress that comes with having people in your house. If you're going to have people in the house and if you're going to try and do some sort of virtual Thanksgiving where you're all sitting at like three different houses and trying to share turkey over a computer screen, you can prepare for the stress that comes that way. So you identify the upcoming vulnerabilities and then you make your best educated guess. And it sounds so super easy. And in some ways it is. You just make your best educated guess because these are your own experiences. You, There's no one who knows your own experiences better than you do. You're the master. And so you make your best educated guess and try and feel for the nudges of the Holy Ghost as he tries to help you become a little more accurate. And this is something you have to practice. It is a skill. Uh, but like I said, there's some people who they practice it to the point that I've seen them accurately predict within minutes of where the attack will come, where they will be, like their physical location, where they will be. And that part is easier than it sounds. You just look at the patterns where you're most likely going to be at that time of day, as well as strategy that Satan uses. And then from there, once you know where, when, and how Satan's going to attack, it's relatively simple to come up with a plan that functions well to win. Reminds me of a story to kind of tie in what you're saying with the holidays. Um, when I was a young father, with a few children. As most young fathers, I I spent all my time working a full-time job, working side hustles, stuff on the weekends and evenings, doing everything I could to try and earn money to put food on the table, put a roof over the head, and hopefully get a little bit ahead to get the kids Christmas. And... Um, Oftentimes, because I was doing that, I didn't have time to go shopping. I wanted so bad to get my kids presents, get my wife a present, and yet all I could do is bring home money and hope my wife took care of it. And and Satan would really jump on my head on that subject. I, the holidays were very depressing and hard for me because... I hadn't done anything to make the day special for the people I love the most. And so recognizing that, analyzing, figuring out what the problem was, it's like, okay, I have to start earlier. I have to plan. I have to do something. So I'm involved in Christmas. So I'm involved in getting presents. So I'm involved in making the, the holiday special. And not just leaving it all up to my wife, because that's just hollow and empty. To me. And so recognizing that and putting plans in place and doing something about it, it's totally changed the holidays for me. And it's still hard. I still 
struggle to make time to go shopping, but um, I do better. The internet helps. I like internet shopping. (laughs) (laughs) But when you shop on the internet, you got to snag the box off the porch before somebody catches you. (laughs) (laughs) But, But making sure I make time to do something special for those I love most has made the holidays special for me. And it's a way to win battle because Satan loves to jump on my head and make me all depressed and stuff. And make me feel like such a loser if I don't get it done. So so that's how I apply what you're talking about, Brighton. Well done. Yeah, we take so much time planning Thanksgiving meal, you know, Christmas, you know, gifts, uh, decorations, all sorts of things. And we know that stresses are most likely to come. You know, we, we feel pulled in so many ways, you know, people invite us to parties and, you know, lot, so many things can, can bring stresses. And we, we rarely, if ever plan to, uh, or plan how we're going to handle that stress. That's where doing that, that Q6 comes in because, you know, it's, it's almost inevitable that there's going to be some stress. And we haven't talked much about COVID on the podcast uh, yet, but the, the fact is that it's a real thing. And so, you know, this year there may be stresses with, you know, not having people around that you're used to having. And, and, you know, like you guys mentioned, uh, maybe you're, <laughs> you're Sharing figuring out how to your do your computer screen. Together. Right, right. Watch while I eat. It uh, sounds great, right? <laughs> <laughs> Especially when the technology falls apart. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that too. Yeah. So, yeah, so so many things. And for me, I, I have some uh, extra, you know, for me, I know things are going to happen. I, I work for a worldwide package delivery company. And so that's a, it's, it's a crazy time. My wife's birthday is on Christmas. So I always have to make sure I do double duty, which, which <laughs> I love to do, but it definitely takes some planning, which I'm not good at. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, yeah, th- there's so many things to be mindful of, but like Brighton said, the, the, the opportunity you take to prophesy and connect with God and and figure out where attacks might come. I mean, you know, if we're not going to be with with big groups of people, then, you know, we, we have to, in my opinion, do the best we can with the people we're going to be with. And, you know, if you've been in a situation where you're not getting out much and you're with these people all the time, um, you know, that, that could be stressful and, and difficult as well. Um, I, one thing, and this is, you know, there's obviously you have to do what's, what's going to work for you. You have to, you know, listen to the promptings of the Holy ghost to know, um, you know, what might come. But for me, just one example, last night, I was, uh, I was making some cookies for my wife and, um, I had, I don't know why I consciously thought this. Well, I kind of know, but, um, I consciously thought that to, 
to make sure that um, things go well and I don't get frustrated because sometimes when you're cooking, you know, at least for me, when I'm, when I'm doing something nice for my wife or, well, especially for my wife, I want to make sure it's, it's just perfect. And, you know, if you put that stress on yourself, that can be difficult to deal with. But I made the conscious decision that if a stressful thing came up, uh, you know, if I messed up in some way or, or whatever, dropped an egg or whatever, I was, uh, I just was going to smile and I was going to have a positive attitude no matter what came and and it really helped me to stay centered and focused on what I was doing and so yeah um, like Brighton mentioned um, because of the holidays and, and things this is going to be our our last episode until the beginning of the year and so we encourage you to take the opportunity to if you haven't listened to all the episodes uh, go back and catch up um, it you can binge listen uh, <laughs> <laughs> or if you have listened, uh, re-listen and remind yourself and maybe, maybe you miss some of the challenges you can work on those. But what would you recommend Brighton as a, um, how often should we ask ourselves the, the Q6 question? How often should we take the time to prophesy? Often. Um, I, I don't know that I can say a specific number because, or a specific like, you should do it every certain number of days, like a doctor's prescription. There are young men that I've worked with who are recovering from addictions who do it nightly because they need to know how Satan's going to attack them tomorrow so they can prepare hours ahead of time to be able to overcome their battles and not give in to their addiction. It's, like I mentioned earlier, doing it in conjunction with uh, Q5. So anytime you catch yourself doing something contrary to your value system, um, I guess we should qualify that a little bit because we do things contrary to our value system every day. But let's say it's something that's particularly distressing, something that you regret more than, say, other things that you've done recently. Um, combining that Q5 with the Q6, knowing when is he going to try and get me to do this again so I can make sure that I don't fall for this trick again. And like we mentioned at the beginning, make plans and drill those plans so that you can make sure that you win. Um, a lot of it is just staying in touch with the Holy Ghost. Um, a, a brief but important tangent, I think, as I've been rereading the talks from this most recent conference, particularly in the Sunday morning and afternoon sessions, um, other sessions as well, but particularly in the Sunday sessions, there are several talks that focus on this life involves suffering. No one escapes it. It's part of the plan. And a particular message that stood out to me is that a loving God mercifully reminds us you will suffer so that we can be prepared to endure that suffering. And Q6 is a way to prepare for that. Now, that's slightly different than being attacked by the adversary, because since it's not a direct attack from the adversary, it may not be in alignment with God's plan for you to know when and where and how that suffering is going to come. But it will help you identify where you're vulnerable and where you need to prepare. And so that's what this all comes back to is preparation, bringing yourself closer to Jesus Christ so that you can fight alongside him. He can lend you his strength so that you can win your battles. It comes back to the hymn, I need thee every hour. 
or every hour I need these, as often as you need the strength of God, tap into that. And he'll tell you where Satan's going to strike next. That kind of um, ties in with what I was thinking as you were talk- you and Rob were talking earlier, is that is the reason for the season is really to praise and honor and get close to our Savior Jesus Christ and our Father in Heaven. Jesus Christ, our Savior, I mean, the reason we celebrate his birth is not because of his birth. It's because of his death and resurrection, because of his sacrifice for our sins. He's made the plan of salvation, the plan of redemption possible. He deserves all the praise and glory we can give. The Father for coming up with the plan, the Savior for making it all possible. And... Hallelujah, and praise the Lord for it. It is so glorious, and I am so grateful. And the fact that He's willing to answer our prayers, help us prophesy so that we can defeat the enemy and be prepared for whatever life happens to bring. Praise the Lord. Let's do it. Let's jump in and listen to Him and follow what He has to say. Yeah, thank you, Lloyd. Thank you, Brighton. Yeah, it's that that's a good segue, I think, to our challenge. And we would strongly encourage you and invite you to, uh, as we talked about before, um, take the time to ask a Q6 or take the time to prophesy and specifically focusing on where Satan might try to pull you and or your family members away from why we celebrate these holidays that are coming up. You know, obviously Christmas is very exciting and, you know, we, we definitely focus on the savior and, um, and we should, um, don't forget though about Thanksgiving and express gratitude. Um, it, it might be a little more challenging to, to find things to be grateful for, uh, as, uh, we've had a crazy nine months of life. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but we, we want to encourage and challenge you to take the time and focus on, on really why we celebrate these holidays and, and do everything you can through, through God's gifts of prophecy to you to make it positive for yourself, your family, and really anyone you come in contact with. As you do this Q6, God will make known to you the stresses and some of the problems that will be arise, that will arise. And so when stuff goes crazy, it won't be a surprise to you. And you can remain calm and peaceful and redirect the your own focus and the focus of your family back to the Savior as the reason for the season. That's why we invite you. Do this Q6. Do this prophecy so that you can maintain the appropriate focus on what matters most. Absolutely. Well, thank you, listeners. We appreciate your support as always, and we'd love to hear from you. Love to hear how things go with when you accept the challenges and you know positive experiences you have, difficult experiences you have. Email us at Fathers who fight at lifechangingservices.org. 
we we will miss you for a while, but we we hope you enjoy the holidays. Have a happy Thanksgiving, a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. And we'll be back at the beginning of 2021. As long as you continue to fight for your family, you will succeed because Heavenly Father will be with you and bless you. Thanks again, and join us at the beginning of next year on the Fathers Who Fight podcast.